We meet in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, to chat about Python. I'm Chuck. I'm Laís. It's Pi time. Meet, meet Pi. Hi. So um, yeah, it's another Meet Me Pi on this Wednesday, and um, yeah. So today we have Vicky with us. Hello. 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 Welcome, Vicky. It's been a while. It's been a while. I want to <laughs> say as well that it's our twenty fifth edition. So yeah. Wow. Already. Ooh. Like this. <laughs> so you're an, an um you're an honor invitee. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so she's on the twenty fifth episode. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You've been very busy. <laughs> yeah, it has been a few months, is it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty. Yeah, twenty fifth week. We. I don't think we skipped any week actually. Like we're Invictus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost like, but we have uh, we have one week that we went to Turkey. And that's it, I think. But we streamed on that week, even. That was streaming on that yeah. week from a boat. Yeah, that's from a boat. Wow. That's not our plan, actually. Like, But we accidentally went on a boat. So we just go with that. Um, yeah, so uh, I think before we start chatting with Vicky, what we would do normally is that we would go to um, talk about some news happening recently in Python. And of course, Vicky can um, tell us a little bit more if uh, she have anything to tell. But uh, yeah, so uh, let's see here that we have Django Con. Ooh. Yeah, virtual mm. Django Con. And mm. it's next, next week. Yeah, no, actually, it's in two days. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, I've never been to a, a Django Corn because I'm not a web developer, <laughs> but I'm sure it will be amazing. And I would love to go like one day, but like uh, it's going for a show this year, so you can enjoy it at home, I guess. Yeah, I haven't used yeah, Django in a long time next myself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my some of my sites are still on Django. Actually, I still have to update them. But yeah, I haven't been developing in Django stuff, but I am following it. But yeah, I'm really excited. I haven't been to DjangoCon myself, uh, DjangoCon Europe, and uh, I heard they had a great time when I think they were in Wales one year. I heard that everyone had a great, great time there. <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm sure it will be great. So next thing is oh, yeah, I need a hamper. Yeah, that's us as well. So we're gonna be we're gonna be talking at Pider Hamburg next week. It's six days from now, actually. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, please and support. Chuck is gonna be talking about the new. Yeah. Sorry, my internet is not great, so I'm there is a delay. So just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, please support Lace, and uh, we basically you will learn a lot about you know database and a data pipeline and other stuff so if you are data people you should come to PyData Hamburg you should support the community there as well so yeah uh, we'll see you next week there <laughs> so um the next thing we talk about is that oh the humble data workshop so yeah like well there's lots of data mm -hmm. things going on this week so um yeah. so this is actually uh if you know that PyData Global is happening in um, November this year and it's gonna be, you know, 
like title is global so it's going to be online it's going to be targeted everybody around the world and um yeah so on the 7th so which is like the week before the conference like the weekend before the conference actually that we would have two sessions of uh workshops that is dedicated for beginners so maybe vicky you have like you you know people who want to learn about data and all this like we totally welcome you know for our beginners except especially for people who you know kind of consider as minority uh in in the in the data world that uh we would love to bring them in and um, give them some you know knowledge about data mm -hmm. and uh, of course build a community as well so they can you know have some mentors so we need mentors as well so if you have some skills you want to share you can apply to be the mentor and uh, there's two sections like to accommodate different time zones so you should you know be able to join either one of them and yeah love to see you there so yeah cool and um yeah. Can you hear me now? Is it better yeah. or is it still laggy? No, it's okay. We can hear you. We can hear you now. Oh, perfect. Cool. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, the, the Humble Data Shop, the, the Humble Data Workshop is, um, I saw loads of people talking about it on Twitter. Uh, and you still need some mentors as well, right? Uh, we're still open for application, yes. Perfect. So there is a call for mentors for everyone that wants that yeah. likes um, Python and wants to help a little bit. We also, I mean, Chuck also needs um, mentors. So yeah, that's cool. Um, it's great. Uh, I have a newsletter I release at the beginning of each month, so um, that's already uh, on my to-do list of adding into my call for mentors or call to action stuff. Uh, but I've um, I'll push it out and on my social media as well. But uh, yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And um, we Thank have you. a survey from the PSF, uh, yes, and it's about PIP. And uh, basically, the, the team uh, making PIP want to know the usability and want to get you know people's opinion about PIP. So uh, yeah, the word is very very small. So this website, mm -hmm. I'm zooming in. So yeah, um, yeah. So. Uh, just you know go there and try to support the work of the you know the um the, the team who's developing PIP and try to finish a survey to help and yeah so that's the thing you know error message and like what do you like about PIP what do you you know how do you think that PIP can improve so this stuff so yeah uh also you can contribute as well so yeah, I, I would consider like doing this survey another way of contributing. It's not just like you fix a bug or you write some code or something like sometimes this is also a contribution. So if you are using Python like every day, if you're using pip a lot, then this is the way of contributing back to Python. Yeah. So another thing that is related to us is that we have the EuroPython um, Society um, General Assembly and um, so this is like once per year usually it will happen during the EuroPython but of course this year things are slightly different and um, so we will have the General Assembly coming Sunday on the 20th mm -hmm. so if you are if you have been to EuroPython uh, 
the chances are you are the member of Europython Society. Because uh, if you yeah. have been to, the thing is like if you have been to the conference and you remember you have your badge, right? So uh, not this year, but like previous years that you would get a little icon on your badge. That means that you are the member of this Europython Society. So I think when you get the ticket, you, you have the option to opt in to uh, become the member. So I think, yeah, I, I just naturally check that box and didn't realize until I get the icon on my badge and I, I ask around like what does that mean it just means that you're a member it's like okay um so yeah I guess like maybe you are actually a member that you haven't realized so um so if you are a member if you have been to your python then uh, this general assembly you can join and see like what you know what will happen in your python the year coming and you know it will be in Dublin so if you are based in Dublin then I also encourage you to come in it's free as well 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 you have to purchase a ticket but to be a member you don't have extra cost to become a, a member as you say you just check it yeah. on the ticket and it's great to you know one way of getting involved you know being part of this community and yeah. uh, you get a chance to see as I said behind the scenes and what's happening what people are doing who the board are what do they do how do they create this Europhyte and how do they run it and then also um, it's interesting you get to see the reports and the outcomes especially with this year, completely new virtual format, which you two did a great job, by the way, and I barely did anything. <laughs> but, it, it was, but it is, um, yeah, we everyone learned a lot. So it's a great way to find out and get involved, even if you're uh, just, just checking that box, just being part of the community even helps, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Or you can fill in the form if you're not sure that you could just mm. fill in the form and become a member. So, mm. yeah, that's very easy. And, um, yeah, so please uh, if you have time just just come in and see what's going on um yeah so and that, what time the, is that going on? sorry what time is that going to be like uh, it's this sunday right sunday yes it's going to be online of course and um yeah it's gonna be uh if you are in europe it's gonna be uh, six to eight uh, cool. So in UK and Ireland, it's uh, five to uh, seven. Seven, yeah. Cool. Cool. Just asking. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so some news from Guido. <laughs> I just saw it and I found it interesting. <laughs> that like people ask about like, oh, because now we have like Python 3.9, right? And then so the next one was the next one is it Python 4. And people said like, oh, actually, like, you know, um, but Guido already cleared it. Actually, you, if you pay attention to the GitHub, you know, the development of Python is gonna going to be 3.10. Um, and people wonder what's happening if like, if it's Python 4 is like, you know, and uh, it's more like it will be from one to two rather than two to three. Cause like, I think two to three is like a, a big change and mm. there was, a lot of like res like kind of resistant to change mm. to three that's why 2.7 is still hanging yeah. around like like a ghost so um yeah so well i think people have a lot of questions and uh, guido kind of like cleared it in his tweet and um so yeah people are just going like whoo like oh, back <laughs> compatibility all that stuff we everyone just used three and now it's like, what? What do you mean for? You know, people just, I think it's just a trigger of what happened with the major version change like that. But, I, you know, it's good to see it's just a small one and it wouldn't be, you know, that detrimental to a lot of people's projects or huge projects or legacy stuff, oh, yeah. Python 3 projects, because that was a, wow, 
talk of the it was a hot topic for a long time anywhere you go to conferences is always a big thing to ask yeah yeah, yeah. it's like, i think it it's go from like people are so scared and then like there are a lot of tools that you know people would be like no we have to you know make some tools to change it from two to three and then people painfully have to like you know adopt and there's still like some struggle i remember like even when i started python a few years back like there's still like oh i want to use this but this only in two like oh it's like how so yeah uh yeah but now it's like most most things will be in three or like you can find the three equivalent so it's not a big problem but it takes time to change so it was a a, a big thing back yeah. then yeah it's definitely a trigger when you know when people hear about that yeah, yeah. because everyone still has you know ptsd from all this I suppose. <laughs> yeah and some people only get on board to three like at three six or three seven and now it's like you know oh, a few years and now you want me to change again what you know yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, I, I think he actually mentions the PTSD in another tweet, um, talking about how, like, how impactful it was for everyone's mental health. But anyway, yeah. So I think that's it for the news, and Dan, we can actually start chatting with Vicky, which is exciting. Yeah. Oh, hello, everyone. So go for yeah. it. So I think, first of all, um, I think Ooh. this is like kind of the standard that we want to uh, know more about our guests. Like how, when did you start Python? Like how do you get involved? This is where people find out how old I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, um, well, I encountered Python back around 2002, 2003. And um, it was actually uh, kind of a... a and run up to it, I was actually um, uh, do, did a course in Perl and even received a certificate for it. But I didn't actually use it. A couple of days later, I was introduced to this thing called Python. And uh, it was by my colleague, now husband, Mick. And uh, so that's how we really got into it. It was just nice to use, um, just clear. And uh, it, we end up just uh, writing, um, it was just uh, a tool wrapping around all our shell scripts, all the kind of build tools for our projects, just making life easier, all the repetitive tasks. You know, the usual uh, coders are so, you know, lazy and we want to simplify, well, not simplify, just to, you know, remove the repetitive, repetitive stuff and make, uh, and also cleaner. And also uh, gives us time to improve processes somewhere else as well. So uh, it benefited the whole teams, not just ourselves. So, but it was uh, a new, quite quite new at the time. So that's where I first encountered Python in the early two thousands. Um, so yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm a complete expert at it now. I have I've only just have, I've gone back to Python on and off in between all my stuff. So I'm more of a hobbyist. So whenever I can, I get a chance to code in Python. So uh, I can be rusty in parts. So that's why I have, like, as I said, I mentioned that some of my websites in Django on purpose because I want to go and play with Django and create sites and, you know, learn how to deploy it and all that kind of stuff. But all that stuff is like a couple of years old now. So I have to upgrade them or port them to something else completely. So I need to refactor. I have like about three sites I need to refactor. That's a long term goal to do. 
So uh, what was the use case back in 2003? I mean, like, is it a, a application or? You know? No, it was literally wrapper, wrap, wrapper um, kind of scripts around our uh, current build tools. So our current build tools were all just um, shell, C shell, whatever, whatever types of shells there are. So think with their server different versions. You just basically you run a command and uh, it, it will build packages and build all that stuff. I used to like I used to work in um, in, in Sun at the time. And we're we're building Solaris packages and all that kind of stuff. So um, it, it was it was a way to actually um, if they were using a lot of shell scripts and so we thought it was just getting messy and and uh, so we decided to make it clean and Python was a new thing so I said hey we can do this so it was a lock cleaner run just type this one command and we call all these different things to build these packages and stuff and then um, as the years uh, later I was um, looking after patching. Like you know, uh, uh, old versions of Solaris. So, I was um, implementing a lot of Python scripts, uh, creating part of the patch tools uh, to submit to the patch team and things like that. So, I was using a lot of Python just to make life easier to build and it was cleaner. So, it was also you know I wouldn't miss a step when I build something, <laughs> whereas it's already there. You've written it, and it works. <laughs> Don't need to touch yeah. it. <laughs> so, it was literally more of a script than applications. We use the Python early, because it's still quite early days. Um, of course, we were playing around, you know, uh, with the, you know, I think there was a project I was doing a lot of localized, we were a localization team. So, um, I, was, I ended up looking after a lot of keyboards and stuff. So, there was no really good keyboard tools out there, it was, or they're, they're really slow. And then I was looking at Python saying, what kind of you know toolkit they have to create this GUI interface for remapping keyboards and things like that. So I was looking into that kind of stuff as well. So um, so it was all quite early days. It was um, it did it did its job and it was quick. It was just nice as well. So I think that's what drew me was just that the code was clean, so you can actually see what's going on. And I think it's still yeah. the case more or less now that you know it's readable, and yeah. that's what drew me to that as opposed to Perl, where you can have it does things perfectly, but it's all in one line. And you don't know what the <laughs> yeah. heck is going on. You're trying to debug that. Good luck in debugging that. Because yeah. even if you wrote that yourself, it makes sense until a couple, a few weeks later, you go, what did I just write? So as I said, as like as, um, I think um, a, co a, a colleague came up to me a few years later, asked me about some Perl questions. I have no clue about Perl, but I heard you did a Perl course. Say I did, but a few days later, I, I, I just used Python. Uh, and I was like looking over and underneath a bunch of books was my pearls, my certificate for my pearl course. Yeah. It was like, it was just there, you know, <laughs> like I'd completely forgotten about it because I found this other nifty kind of uh, technology, this new, te new, new programming language that was really nice to use and did its job um, and as expected as well. So um, that was all also the early days of, of um, figuring out like when you, when kind of source control was coming in as well. So, you know, they distributed all the history of all different source control kind of tools and things. So it was an interesting period where lots of things are happening, you know, and, you know. Yeah, Python is still a very good automation tool. Like we love yeah. it, like to, to automate all the tasks. Like that's why mm. we have data pipeline and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, Lace, do you want to ask some questions? Uh, yeah, sure. I wanted to talk to you to you a little bit about your diversity, um, mm -hmm. like injection, because you're a diverse uh, diversity advocate, aren't you? Well, I I gave myself that title like after <laughs> people keep asking me what am I, what do I do, and I actually had to sit down after you know people say you should be able to say what you are in a sentence or elevator pitch two minutes or not two minutes 30 seconds 20 seconds tell me who you are so uh 
so yeah, I I just um as I as the years progressed and as I was doing more and more stuff in this area, I decided to say I kind of advocate diversity in tech. So that's why you know that's how where the title come came about, and also I needed a title because people keep asking me since at the time when we did a lot of in person events, when you talk to people networking, people ask you over and over again. So you you have to repeat who you are and what you do over and over. So you just want to keep it short. So um, and that was my major thing was advocating diversity in tech you know so um above above being a coder <laughs> cool cool so i have a follow-up question for you then mm -hmm. so um since you are a diversity advocate i think you're, you're the best person to ask then uh which actions do you think that should be taken i mean that's a cliche but which actions do you think that should be taken in tech to still increase push for more diversity it really boils down to, from my perspective, um, encourage people who are from different cultural backgrounds, you know, uh, genders, um, kind of uh, minority groups to participate in tech events. So that's where I come from, from my end, to make it, to lower the barrier of entry for people to come along to say, join tech events, even in person, well, not just for, first one is great because now we can reach further afield. But when, or if, you know, even back then from experience, and going to in-person events, it can be daunting for a lot of people, and um, and how and people kind of get scared, and then they don't come back. So you have a lot of people come along, and you don't see them again. Now, how do you kind of get people to come along in the first place, and then how do you main, get them to stay? And um, so I think that was the big thing for me was trying to. So uh, when when I think when I was uh, part part in Ireland, it's what I do when the group was much smaller. I will since I run every, run it every month, so I can see the faces over and over. Again. And then when I see a new face, I will whenever there's a uh, social afterwards, I will go over and bring that person, go over, introduce myself, bring that person over to a group, and just introduce them, get them in. So, but it kind of didn't work after when when groups start become 60, 70, 80 like huge like how do you find who is the new person in, in, a, in a group that big and it's quite scary I have per people who have decades of years experience in programming and just new into Python and they they're just like I don't know what's going on I didn't understand the talk um will people like to talk to me because I don't do any Python and they're gonna and that was uh that wasn't even uh, that was just a uh that was a, a male software engineer that, that I was talking to because I just so happened to know okay I didn't recognize that face I'm gonna talk to that person and see if we can get them mingling with other people so I think that was the big thing was um trying to get people into but it's still really hard and that's where I started other groups as well just to have smaller kind of uh, friendlier spaces for people to come along and then introduce them that way to the to know to, to the to the tech events that are happening all over Dublin and Ireland saying hey you can come to my small group you can definitely go to the big groups we're not we're all not that different it's just more people <laughs> but you you don't have to be but the, you know so we're all into the same thing and we're all quite friendly so um so i think that is the very big thing bringing people together and uh, make it um make it welcoming for people and lower that bar to entry for people who are interested in the area of tech in that topic and um, and try to give a good impression. And uh, I think that's the one one way. It's no point in showing tons of cool technology when no one's going to go to it, or they go and then they'll come back, or don't share their passion, or don't share their new uh, the newfound kind of love of Python, and they don't want to talk about it because they're terrified of the people in front of them, or terrified of the organizers, or terrified, you know, this, that, and the other. So that would be one definitely uh, big way I can see because it's a hard problem to solve because. 
I've been looking at it for so long, so, so long. <laughs> I ignored it in the early part of my career because I thought, ah, it's always like that. I'm going to be the only person. Uh, I think um, one story was um, I tried to get, I had, I was in a team where there was a lot of um, kind of uh, female developers. And I said, why don't you come to Python Ireland? I kind of stopped after about three or four months trying to ask them to go. He said, look, I'm organizing it. I'm going to be there. Can you not come even just for an hour? And, you know, they just kept making up stories and excuses. And I said, okay, that's it. I'm not going to force you. Because, no, again, that's the other thing. You can't force people to go to events mm -hmm. if, they, if they don't feel comfortable or if they just don't want to. Because I have lots of days or evenings or whatever where I don't want to go to an event, you know. So why pressure someone to go just because yeah. you want another person just like yourself there uh, or a whole bunch of people. But um, it's no so it's kind of hard to not try to pressure, but you're trying to open up that the that whatever community you're part of or you're involved with is also friendly and it's OK to come along and it's OK to disappear. You don't have to stay for the full thing and things like that. So I think that that would be a big thing to try and increase uh, to, like the, the, the message that, you know, that. It goes word of mouth when one person says, hey, you should go along. It's actually, you know, not 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 too scary, you know. Or you want to give a short talk, you know, that would be a, a group to go to. And then for, and then they get addicted to giving talks. So maybe they'll give a talk at a huge conference. You never know, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's it's kind of, um, uh, I think over the years, um, I think that for me, that's a big thing, trying to get people to come along and uh, talk to each other, share their, um, ask questions, big thing. That's a very big thing. Not be afraid to ask questions, uh, share their experiences. And um, and yeah, just um, and connecting with one another, knowing that you're not alone, uh, you know? So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a huge part of it as well. Yeah, I totally agree. So um, yeah, so uh, I think that there's a questions that like Lace want to ask about Python Island. Yes. Oh my god. I was gonna ask yes, I was gonna ask the following one. Go on. Uh, there was yeah, well, there was because you were mentioning Python Island. I actually mm. just recently found out that you were one of the founders of Python Island. Uh, no. No, sort of. Uh, no, co-founders. No. Uh, no. No, I tell you, like, no, that that's PyCon Ireland, right? Oh, that's oh. another story I can tell. But okay. Python Ireland itself started by a person called Dara Sharon in 2004. And um, I was ex so excited uh, because it was just a, you see, I, I got I encountered Python not so long before that, knowing that th there's no, there's hardly any meetup groups. I, I get to go to like, I see one tech event maybe in a year or, uh, or two tech events in a year. And it was true by luck because I was signed up to the Irish Linux uh, kind of user group mailing list. There's no meetup. There's no social media. There's no such thing as Eventbrite or anything like that. So it's word of mouth. And you can imagine how, you know, when I saw something, you know, saw an event, I, I just beelined for it. And I remember it was in, um, it was late 2004, uh, because it was also that same day, I remember it was the company's all hands and I had a couple of beers. So, <laughs> so I was really young. So, you know, free beer and stuff. But I found my way to um, the meetup and there was like 30 odd people there. It was so exciting to be just people just talking to other people who are excited about this new tech, new product, new new programming language. Uh, they took a break and um, it reformed by Sean O'Donnell uh, the following year. And a couple of months later, a few people started up and then I started to go and turn up and I tagged along. 
And then um, people are talking about, oh, instead of meeting up in pubs, we love to give talks and show off the projects that we're doing. Okay. And then people just sat there and go, okay, someone do something. I said, Asher, how hard would it be to find speakers? And if we get a speaker, how hard is it to find a space and to host it? And little did I know, um, it took it took me, I start running these events till I stepped down in 2016. <laughs> so it was just like, yeah, it was hard to let go, but it was also trying to find other people to run it. You know yourself, it's hard to find kind of people to be committed to run these every month. So I was running these every month, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was kind of fun meeting lots of different people, meeting lots of different companies. But yeah, so it's it didn't I didn't start it, but I took over kind of more doing the meetups and the finding the speakers and the spaces, and uh, yeah, during that period. Um, uh, uh, PyCon Ireland started in 2010 and a whole bunch of us came together and I ran the first four well not ran I coached I chaired I didn't have a choice we all we all co-ran it but when it comes to hey who's going to open the, the the conference suddenly everyone disappeared from the room and I was there saying <laughs> you're the chair you should do it like, when did I become the chair so <laughs> so I ended up being the chair for four years because of default no one wants to talk in front of everyone to open up the conference you know because it is quite daunting as well but uh, sure you know why not you know uh, I was pretty much like it was all learning on the go but yeah so uh yeah I've been involved with the Python community for quite a long time I did it I stayed because the community was just uh, amazing um welcomed me with open arms i asked silly questions uh, sometimes i was scared but i did ask questions and they did answer and you get to learn a lot you know you hear a lot of conversations i think that's a lot that's that's the only downside about all these remote events no matter how much you chat on the live chat or the, you know the chat window is not the same as in person you know being face to face and then jumping in and chatting having that you know the, the actual in-person social interaction is kind of so different and uh, I really enjoyed um, all those years, uh, meeting a lot of wonderful people along the way. And then it just expanded to, you know, um, Pika Arnold only started because I went to Europe Python. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was because of yeah. that. It was their fault. They're the ones who say, hey, who we want to find another host for next year. You know, they're in Birmingham. Like, who wants to host it? And there was a few people from the core Python Ireland crew turned around and looked at me in the auditorium. And I go, oh my God, we can't do this. We can barely get 12. We get max, we're lucky. We get maybe dozen people or 20 people turning up for, that's like a huge turnout for us. Like if we can get more than six people, like it was a 12, that's double amount of our monthly meetup. And uh, so we were quite small back then. And uh so I went to their, um, you know, their their uh, their talk, uh, their open call uh, about, you know, hosting your Python. And I was looking around and I see like the uh, PyCon, uh, you know, France, uh, PyCon, you know, is I think Italy was there. Germany was definitely there. There's a lot of heavy hitters there that has run conferences. They actually have PyCon in their name. I was there with Python Ireland with like you know at best we get 12 people turning up at our biggest meetup ever and we had no clue about sponsorship mm. stuff or hosting conferences yeah. so uh yeah I, I just said uh yeah i'm in here to see what's going on but i'm not putting our doublet into the hat we're just we're too small um but it was kind of uh yeah i blame europe for for us having pike on ireland 
um, because um, it was that idea that that was, um, I think, seeded in people's minds as we came back to Ireland and that the people said, we should really have, we should really host Europe Pride. And I said, no, we can't. Okay, we should do a conference, at least do an Irish one to get the experience of hosting conferences and build up that foundation of, you know, company support and speakers and all that and the community, build up that community so we can host a Europython. And guess what? You know, it's nearly there. We nearly got it this year. We, we did get it this year, but COVID got in the way. So it's going to be amazing next year. But I just couldn't yeah. believe that, that when I saw Dublin actually be picked and I go, oh, you know, I kind of... Yeah. And that's why I wanted to join and help because yeah. I said, I, we we started Pike on Ireland because of Europython and you know if we after all that work I decided not to participate in Europython in Dublin it was uh, you know so yeah I'm, I was uh, I've started to contact all the old crew and that originated originally helped with the PyCon Ireland to see if they like to get you know get involved with Europython so we'll see how we go with that but yeah if you wanna do you wanna hear the story how PyCon Ireland started beside that that was a seeding factor. You know, I can, there's another bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah, of course. I, uh, I have uh, one story to tell you after that then. So as with um, all good ideas, they all come from um, a meeting in a pub um, in, you know, as you do. Uh, not st stereotyping us here in Ireland at all. But as I said, Europython uh, was held in the summertime. So this idea of Europython has been stuck in the Python Ireland people's heads for ages. So by the time it hit um, uh, February 2010, I know it's February. I know it's kind of, re I don't know the date. All I know is it was cold and wet. And there was a whole, there was a core of us in Neary's upstairs. Uh, I was the only one not drinking because I was actually, um, I gave up drink at that stage. And so I was the only sober one. So I can only say that I have the most clearest mind when it comes to this story. <laughs> Um, so a whole bunch of us, plus, um, plus, uh, uh, yeah, the whole bunch of us start talking. They said, want to do your Python. And as the drinks flowed, they said, this is good. We're going to do it. I said, oh, hang on a minute. We still can't remember. We never, we don't have experience. So then they come across, okay, let's do PyCon Ireland. I said, when do you want to do it? Now, this is February. They said, let's do it in April. I go, uh, that's only two months away. <laughs> How are we gonna do this? And I said, I said you have to you know. And then I said, let's do it in summertime. So that's what we did. We aimed. I think we had it in July that year, and that was our first one. And um, as I said, our biggest biggest amount of people that turned up was about, uh, I think it was a dozen to twenty something people. I say max. So we said, even we doubled it up. You know, we said that that would be a good turnout for a conference. You know, it's not too bad. It's not huge. Uh, it ended up um, the the venue we got. Uh, it was the cheapest PyCon Ireland we ever done. Uh, it was in used to be in the Dublin School of English, along where uh, do you know beside the uh, the hotel that U two has along the Liffey. There's um there's there's now a kind of a very fancy kind of deli kind of supermarket kind of place. So that that used to be this Dublin School of English, and we had our conference up there. And it was like rather cheap. And uh, since they were part of Temple Bar, the owner was part of the Temple Bar kind of committee, kind of board committee or whatever, uh, the board. Uh, so they they were able to talk to Botticelli at the time, and they brought in their uh, um, uh, uh, one of their staff to make coffee for us, free coffee, uh, proper proper Italian coffee for a whole day, whatever one whatever you wanted. Yeah. So that was still the best coffee ever. 
and it's we no had surprise that it's related to Temple Bar. It's no surprise. Yeah. So we had about um, just under a hundred people turn up, and I go, "Where were you?" When I kept asking for people to come to our meetups, they were coming from all over. And uh, that one year, we had Steve Holden. The first time it was Steve Holden came along. He was the chair of PSF. Yeah, and he wanted to see what what who this PyCon Pi Ireland is about because at the time you have the uh, PyCon as I said I mentioned a few of the PyCons already and there's not that many around the world there was the few of the European ones then the Europe then the Europe then PyCon uh, EuroPython then you have PyCon US then you have even in Asia it was only just APAC there was no even separate PyCons in Asia all over Asia and Australia there was just one APAC <laughs> so yeah. suddenly Ireland popped up and you can see the calendar you know there's only like it was yeah. not that many, so it was it's very easy. Yeah. We were we were like stuck out like a sore thumb, and he wanted to come over and see what we're about, and uh, he helped us with the registration, teacher packing, and he, I said like, what kind of tip can you give me? He said, you know, I think something like, oh, it's very fuzzy now. He said you'll get better by the seventh one or something, and I freaked out. <laughs> he nearly ran out the door, you know. <laughs> well, I can't believe like PyCon Ireland has gone on for so long as well. So, and we finally made it to a point where European happening. So. That's how PyCon Ireland was going to see. Well, it was seeded in EuroPython, but the idea itself was uh, actually kind of uh, got created on that fateful night in February in the upstairs in Neary's by few of the core Python people. And uh, you probably see, like, if there, if you can look back at the old pictures, you can see some of the, you know, the old uh, kind of core Python folks in their PyCon T-shirts. So that was a uh, fun. Uh, that was fun, especially that first year because uh, myself and Michael. Um, we were supposed to take a vacation. We were vacationing in Hong Kong, and most of that vacation was spent in Starbucks, using up the Wi-Fi, buying lots of coffee because I was dealing with sponsors, t-shirts, why <laughs> Michael was dealing yeah, with the program oh scheduling. I was dealing with the physical program to print out for the printers and posters. So working, my brother got involved helping with the poster design. That snake that you see in Python, Python Island, Python, that was my brother's design. So I got like the family involved in all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> family That's and friends amazing. were involved in all that. So it was like yeah. really like save money where you can or people helped out. And, and that's the thing about community. You didn't have any much to start off with and everyone jumped on board to help and yeah. get involved. And um, it was tiring, but it was fun. But I, I'm just like super stoked on how, you know, how far Python Ireland, how far PyCon Ireland has come along and that the realization of your Python in Dublin hopefully will happen next year. <laughs> if this COVID thing goes yeah. away, please. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. So, so there you go. Hope that answers that, the, the, some of those questions and, you know, so yeah. I didn't start it. I can't take it, but it was like a whole team effort. And okay. it did start it by Dara, then restarted by Sean. And then um, I just somehow just took over and I seem to be look like the front person. But it's just me asking for people to talk and asking for sponsors for help. And it's just me just bombarding people to ask them, get involved. You know, so, yeah, so it, it, I was kind of pretty, people were pretty familiar with me back then. <laughs> <laughs> so the story I had to tell you uh, that I said I had to tell you was that, well, I don't know if you know this, but I think something like maybe a year, maybe something like a year and a half ago now, I was starting back with Python and I was like, wow, I need a little bit of community behind this. So I looked around and I saw Pi Ladies Dublin having a meetup a few <laughs> weeks from that date. So I just got like super, like all the courage I had in my pocket and just walked into 
the place where today is Groupon here in Dublin. And I just got there and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I have no idea who those people are. Oh, I saw a talk that she gave somewhere that someone was you. Oh, no. I, when everyone say, hey, Mickey, is it? Uh-oh. <laughs> or, someone, or what did I do this time? You know, I, I, I heard a lot about you and I go, uh-oh, what did I do this time? But yeah, I'm glad, you know, that uh, yeah, it's so, uh, it's just like uh, so many people, I'm just so glad that, you know, Pie Ladies um, is out there and at least have somewhere for people to can go to. Um, and uh, because for me, like Pie and Ireland is always in my heart um, and Pie Ladies formed, as, um, as I said, did I tell you, like it, that, that was another story. It got launched on my last PyCon Ireland that year, 2013. And it was the, I launched it because it was a sign because Lynn Root, the co-founder of the San Francisco chapter Pi Ladies was our very first female keynote speaker ever in, in, in those years of PyCon Ireland. So I said, it was a sign. I need to launch Pi Ladies Dublin, you know? So I've already, you know, co-founded other not-for-profits at that stage. I said, why not another one? <laughs> you know? So uh, this one was purely because as I said, Python Ireland was getting so big and uh, I wanted to, a space and I, I launched this one to see what kind of interest there are. And um, and then um, I'm still in touch with some of the people that came to the initial kind of uh, pie ladies, the very first one. We even had a cake and everything, got, got a pie ladies cake. Lynn had to leave <laughs> that day so she didn't come along. And then there was a big sprint happening as well so on that day. But uh, 2013 was our, our launch date of pie ladies Dublin and I asked them what did they want, and they said they wanted to um, do more interactive stuff. So that's why I wanted to be more free structure and get people to work on stuff on, the, on their laptops or machines or whatever, or demo stuff instead of just pure talks, which is hard now because it seems to be a lot of talks, which is kind of contravening to what I wanted to do was be more interactive. So I'm trying to trying to figure that problem out. So. Um, so yeah, um, so that's how Pi Ladies was uh, Dublin was formed, um, uh, just to have a kind of a, a, a smaller kind of group that people find. I like I I I don't like it when the group gets too big in the meetups. I'm really happy when there's a smaller group, so when you walk in, you feel like it's friendlier and it's not too you know daunting, and you just sit up sit, sit beside someone and just have a chat, and then just walk around, and you know. So so that's where Pi Ladies is trying to. Be a little bit different so it's, it's just filling in something where python ireland might be doing lots of big talks and i'm trying to do with Python ladies say we do have some talks but i want to fill it in with kind of uh, more interactive sessions and trying to um get feedback from the from from the members but you know getting feedback from members is actually quite hard i don't know about you i still find it quite hard to try and get yeah. them to give feedback i, I think yeah. we did a poll on uh, for a speaker for next month uh, gave uh, the speaker said I have three three different topics. Can you send out a poll on what they want? Came back. It was all evenly voted for all between three of them. <laughs> so I said okay, take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> Good short ones then. Yeah, you have like one half an hour one. You do like three ten minutes and that's it. Then you start out the intro. So yeah. uh, so it's it's kind of um, yeah, it's kind of funny. So it's kind of so some same kind of problems still come across when I run these monthly pie ladies meetups. Uh, similar problems I still come across that uh, that used to happen in, for me in Python Ireland and I still see them in Pi Ladies. I'm still trying to learn how to fix them, but it's you know your organizers as well or you've, you've been involved in hosting. Yeah. It is yeah. sometimes you just uh, it's it's kind of a 
yeah, a million dollar question. How do you, <laughs> how yeah. do you solve this? <laughs> yes, yeah, but well, we will try. Uh, so Chuck, do you want to ask a question maybe? Yeah, I, I'm like quite interested in the maker aspect of like how, you know, like, cause I know you're involved in a lot of maker event and I'm, I'm mm -hmm. sure you're a maker yourself. So what, what do you do? Like uh, maybe your newest invention, what have you like make lately during this time? I suppose uh, um, a kind of a little bit of background as a kind of um, a maker. So I'm sort I am a maker, but uh, I'm not kind of like a uh, like a hackerspace type maker maker. I suppose I'm trying to get learn more about electronics. So my so all the stuff I've been talking about has been all volunteer stuff, um, and then my job is is um, the maker advocate for a group called the Double Maker, who runs the maker the Double Maker Festival every year except for this year because of COVID. So it got postponed to next summer. And uh, so my job was to try, my job is to connect um, uh, folks from uh, from uh, all the different makers from the community and raise the profile of maker culture. Uh, it's a two year program. It's funded by Science Foundation Ireland. It's part of this program called Maker Advocacy in Dublin for Everyone. So M-A-D-E, so it's a nice acronym. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on kind of year two. So this year was quite hard because of COVID. Most of this year's kind of just disappeared and me trying to find ways to engaging with the audience and stuff. So uh, so one of the things I did, uh, it's not a physical making thing, but it was um, is making podcasts. I've never done podcasts before, as in I can record audio and edit it, but I've never distributed audio or distributed podcasts or with various different platforms before. So that was completely new. Um, so setting up set, my whole office setup has completely changed now, like most of you as well. Um, so uh, my, my other half, he's been like offloading some audio gear over to me, like, you know, because I think he's upgrading himself. So he's a synth head. So he likes some music synth stuff. So like I got the mic and the arm, like um, my mic holder broke a couple months ago. So um, so he got uh, he, he actually ordered me one of those shock absorbing kind of one that holds the mic. So it looks pretty cool. Uh, the audio two track mixer audio in thing and you know now I have like LED panels because I'm doing streaming now LED panels and all that kind of stuff so um so making podcasts was kind of um uh, a new experience uh for me and especially when it was a great way to engage with the the community so that was a that was really different because you're we were all so isolated for so long I think you did a lot of these podcasts it was great to talk to people that is not in your you know not in your immediate facility like you know yeah. someone outside so for me I, I got to talk to like um let's say someone from the the print the Irish print museum um the people who are um in, in education uh teaching stem like make make create innovation make or meet folks um to people who to a guy who makes um his own kind of co uh, he makes costumes you know uh for uh so costume maker um so it's, it's kind of a uh, very interesting to talk to people like that because you know it gets your it gets buzzing because it's areas that I don't normally work in and you get to hear and you go oh my god I want to do more stuff in art because I like doing art stuff when I get a chance and um and then hearing people about their sewing skills like oh my god I need to practice my sewing more because yeah. I'm really crap at sewing you know <laughs> things like that and uh, so uh so that, that's kind of um, so uh, and then I obviously as I said um I'm not I'm trying to do more with electronics and with Python which is great uh, we have like MicroPython and CircuitPython and uh, I tend to work with CircuitPython stuff a lot play around with things because I'm a big fan of Adafruit stuff 
so like the circuit playground mm -hmm. expresses and and things like that um uh and also you said my latest project i can show you if you want i have one running in front of me right now yeah um, we'd like to see. it might it might be it might be a bit shiny because of all the lights around me so yeah it's an on-air sign um i used um uh an, a big led kind of display panel um uh called uh, uh the uber corn um so it's the and it's by pimeroni and it's mm -hmm. the code is um uh, kind of circuit python code Ooh. You can see it's in an Ooh. IKEA frame. Oh, on air. On air. Oh yeah. Air. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I can. I can, can see it very see. faintly. Yeah, it's it's ah. growing the, the words. Yeah, that's so cool. So oh I just wanted God. to. So this is supposed to be outside my door, but I only managed to get this done today. So like, this is an IKEA frame. That's my oh, Uber. Yeah. That's the. There's a Raspberry ah. Pi Zero. This way here. Ah. Right. Um, so I only just got this fixed up or just finished oh up fixing God. up today, just the backing of it, cutting out holes. So that was like, so because it's a Raspberry Pi Zero, um, I can remotely just, you know, run the code. It's attached to power at the moment. So, but the code, it can be run remotely. So that's what it's doing right now. And just SSH into it to Pi Zero. Uh, all I need is a power source and I can hook it up outside so I can just run it and just tell Michael to, you know, be quiet. I'm in, <laughs> I'm live streaming or... Like uh, or uh, which yeah. actually if my live stream uh, from for Pi Ladies, he's helping me in his office downstairs. But if I'm doing like things like this or a podcast, you know, I can set this going. So uh, and there's parts 3D printed as well. So I followed some tutorial um on on this as well. So it's all bits and pieces that comes together. So that's the latest one. I actually just completed that today. Um, the other one is um I don't know if you heard of the Diana Initiative. Um. It's um it's a conference I think it's a cybersecurity conference they ran recently but I'm not in cybersecurity but I noticed that they had a uh, um um it's their first virtual one as well that they had a maker village and they were, uh, wanted to teach people how to make their own blinky badge and one of there's three parts one was using Tinkercad which is the you can do it on the browser or download Tinkercad and create your blinky badge so you it uses LEDs and it blinks out in binary Diana Initiative or something like that. And if you want to go to the next stage, you have breadboards, wires, um, the Arduino and Nano and things like that and resistors and stuff. You can uh, put everything together uh, and then you can like make a blink. The third add-on, third part of that workshop later on that night was, uh, which was quite late because it was US time, I didn't participate, was to solder up um, an actual you know, soldering board, wow. solder up your badge. So in the end, I, I did the breadboard thing. I didn't do the Tinkercad. I did the breadboard thing uh, just because I'm curious on how they run a live electronic workshop. Yeah. Which was, uh, yeah, I won't be doing that. I, I learned, I, see, I can see lessons learned where, you know, I think I've I taken a lot of lessons learned from how to maybe run an uh, interactive uh, workshop with electronics. Um but this is um. But um. Uh, the following day, I actually made. I actually soldered up this. I oh, I can see the green. It's lighting up in from yeah. there. But uh, so I, yeah. I did, I'm not very good at soldering. But uh, I was doing learning a lot about soldering. So with um, Michael does a lot of um electronic -y stuff. So I had to ask him for. I think it's uh yeah. It looks super tidy. Yeah. Super tidy. Super tidy. Yes. He said. He said I'm not too bad at soldering, but. Uh, so um, this is on at the moment. Hold on, see if I can get. Should work. Give me a sec. Let's plug this in. 
So yeah, it's so cool. I always want oh. to try, but I just Yee. don't. Oh, <laughs> the button doesn't do anything. You can learn it. With the button has. I haven't done anything with the button yet. I haven't programmed. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's that that blinky badge. So it works. So he was showing me how to use the volt, the the, the multimeter or the voltmeter and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I kind of um sort of it was fun. It's kind of take take me away from the computer as well with the soldering. So it was a uh, it was a lot of fun and trying not to burn yourself because it was just uh, I'm scared of that stuff. I don't like being burnt or electrocuted. So this it was yeah. so people say ah soldering easy, but I'm just like no, I'm terrified of this. But I do it I, anyway. <laughs> I really like your on air kind of frame that yeah. thing i think if you make a kind of a youtube like have series of like how to do it then that, that would be great I've, um, i'm um i'm on um the dev blogging platform uh, i've actually yeah. written um uh post documenting on on the on-air sign project uh but yeah. i think i just finished the three parts for today oh i'll and, have to look it up yeah so <laughs> it, it's a, it's yeah. in an ikea frame that frame you can't get anymore for oh. at the moment i don't they're out of stock I okay. don't know if they're gone forever, but it's in the Kia. Maybe in the UK frame. they have. I don't know. Just have to try my luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have to look. It's the twenty-three by twenty-three square one, the deep one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's um, it's the instructions are all in that uh, dev dev two post. Um, I actually list out um, uh, where you can get the code, um, and the requirements. And the guy that I took the the he did the 3d printed parts to hold hold the board together so he has information on that so it's his kind of his project which is inspired by i think um one of the projects from the test that showed adam savages tested so um so yeah that's kind of the stuff i kind of sort of doing and i document them in, in dev so uh because I, I just love putting stuff on dev <laughs> just so addicted to it so um yeah. things like that and the blinky badge is there as well and you can see some of the other things like um i can't show you i'm, I'm still stuck on a stuck on the circuit player on express i want um i don't know if you know what it is it's for people out there it's kind of um, a microcontroller that has a ton of sensors on it um i think i have it here but you won't be able to see because i have a 3d printed case on it um <laughs> so you have a kind of a there's a circuit playground express it has buttons like oh don't yeah. see it or not so yeah, cool. does that work or not i don't know because my camera yeah. is an imac camera so it's not really good so yeah button sensors um so what i want to do is the gyram the the, the 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 gyro kind of kind of sensor on it you can um you know move it up down left right whatever uh, and yeah. tilting it so i want to get that information and pull it into um and processing generate uh, a smaller image and um, this one has a, this is an e-ink e -ink, uh, LC, LCD on it, but yeah. I have one that has a norm, just an LCD it's not, it's not, uh, because e-ink is so slow to refresh. It just drove yeah. me nuts. So <laughs> I want to send that image back to the playground circuit, circuit playground express. So every time you move it, it creates another image and sends it across. So I'm at that last stage trying to send bytes over, um, over the, over serial, um, back to, from processing back to the circuit playground stress and I wanted to show that image and that's the part I'm actually haven't finished yet that's my last part again I was doc I've been documented on dev as well so that's yeah. one of my my projects that is kind of ongoing so it's just one more step to go but it's a yeah. one big step for me people might find it easy but for me it's like a journey almost no I I, <laughs> I need to look up your tutorial because for me it's impossible so I have to follow your tutorial but, but anyway I, uh, yeah yeah, I think uh, we are almost running out of time. So, Lace, uh, do you want to go to your PyPI highlight or do you have uh, one last question for Vicky? I think we can do um, either one of them. 
I think that nah, we only have time for the both of them. Like, just, just we just squish another question and then I show one uh, okay. library. That's it. Yep. Uh, cool. So last question then. Uh, since considering you helped me so much when I was studying, and well, that you're a diversity advocate. Uh, what again? Another cliche, but I think it's a good question for you, especially. Uh, what advices would you give to people that are studying that are not sure um, if Python is for them, or if text for them, or they're just looking for a little bit of like guidance or um, right. Right, a right. mentor? What would they um, do? Well, first of all, don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, try, like, even if you don't know where to ask questions, okay, before, step before that, try small projects. Um, and then if you find that, you know, that, that your project's worked and you're really excited, don't be afraid to demo them. People do a lot of, like, Grammy and TikToking, right? You put that up, saying, hey, this is what I did. Ooh, you know, that's a lot of fun. You know, even if it's just for yourself, I think it's just a bit of confidence boost. And then maybe something you might want to demo and show when you start wanting to give any talks and things like that. That'd be one way of doing it. It doesn't matter if it's not perfect, it's not, if it's not working, it is okay. From what I learned from a double maker for pe getting people to showcase their projects, it doesn't have to be finished. People just love seeing the process behind how things are made. You see things are perfect in the end, you say, okay, and you play with it and that's it. But people will like to see if it's not uh, imperfect and there's work in progress. They say, oh, what if you think of doing that? Maybe some might have ideas. But yeah, definitely. Uh, um, maybe I think it's a lot of exploration. Be curious and uh, be curious and don't be don't be afraid of exploring. Um, given that we have so many tools on online right now, maybe too much sometimes. Um, but uh, it does always different paths to an answer it's not, not everyone it's not it's no one answer um you know for those younger um who are thinking of going through school into college and stuff um there's different ways you know you don't have to go to college there's so many different tools out there to help you learn and uh and especially now with covid there's so much contention on kids trying to get into the points in here in ireland again to college and things like that it's not the end of the world um um, like there's, uh, for me, I took, I went from uh, a, a kind of a route of going to school, to college, to getting my job, but then I just went sideways in my career. I just went off and went back as a mature student and studied multimedia for a year because I want to be more creative, my hippie side. I want to do more animation, learn about that and things like that. That's where I learned more about editing and audio and video stuff comes along. And that came in handy with Python Ireland because I was editing a lot of the videos and things for conferences and the meetups. So I did a lot of the production work on that in the early days. Um, and then from that, you know, I just ended up like, say, researcher curator for a games exhibition for science gallery to, uh, you know, being um, a, a tech community person that uh, like a liaison connecting that to when dog patch was trying to get more more people to use their space uh, you know and trying to bring a community together so it just went sideways mm -hmm. i was just going to jobs that not necessarily are like uh don't even have job titles so for people getting into it like start small don't be afraid you don't know where it goes and ask questions um if if you're if you don't know something and it's really scary like i'm doing a lot of scary stuff right now that means you don't you're learning something you know, if you know everything, it's no fun. It's boring. So if you are scared and you go, I don't know what I'm doing here. You're you're jumped off the deep end. It's it's a scary, but that is that is um a good thing to have because that means there is a 
a chance for you to learn more to kind of and then you can adapt and, and then the next scary thing then you know how to do that thing and then you're on to the next scary thing and you just grow into it yeah. so i say you know don't be afraid to ask questions and start small do your own thing and um as you show maybe show your friends what you did or some of them are more comfortable showing their tiktoks and gramming their stuff put that up you know, and uh, yep. gauge your reaction. If no reaction, so what? It's your own thing. You're happy about it because yes, I got it working. Put it out there. Mm -hmm. It's your joy. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think it's uh, uh, yeah, don't be afraid. Then yeah, ask questions and start small and just go from there. And uh, don't be afraid to jump into deep end. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. I think. Um, so, Lace, do you want to talk about your your highlight? Yes, sure. Sorry, my internet. I went. Uh, my internet went away for a bit. Um, <laughs> so uh, yes. Yeah, so let's talk about paper, paper mail. mail. Yeah. Yes. So paper mail. Um, I was playing with Jupyter notebooks these days, uh, and I found paper mail. And paper mail basically allows you to like parameterize and like do different stuff with your with your Jupyter notebooks. So the way it kind of works is um, you. Well, you install it, and then it takes it accepts uh, parameters on tags on the cells on the actual notebook, and um, you can tag those and then execute the, the notebooks and run it with like specific stuff. So if you have a look in there, uh, you can put your tags on, and those tags become yeah. So you see in that that case they're parameters, and then you can use them later on on your code. It's like it's super interesting. Um, the implementation I found of that is, uh, well, Kedra uses that to transform pure functions on the notebook into, um, actual like Python functions to build the data pipelines. Um, so yeah, I found that for other stuff for like simpler stuff. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. That's cool. good. Yeah, so, so I think, yeah, we are uh, actually, yeah, we are actually done. I think, uh, yeah, time flies and like, every time, you know, like when we chat with our guests, it's just like, we don't realize that time passes so quickly. And um, yeah, we are so happy that we have Vicky with us today. And, Thank you for um, having me. It's a, it's, <laughs> it was a lot of fun to talk to other people as well. And, uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's nice to kind of share the story and um and i like to see more of the community do more like you you both are doing amazing stuff and i like to see more more and more people especially like ourselves coming on board and contribute more and it's only small even small things you know helping out here and there you know yeah. that every little helps we know <laughs> yeah yeah sure i will share the uh other like other notes and this like in the description of this video and then of course we also share the link to vicky's twitter and also dev blogs so you can check out all this cool uh creation that she made and um yeah so i think that's it and uh, stay safe and see you very very soon yeah thank you thank you very thank much thank you so much very much for everyone watching and thank you vicky thank you for bye -bye. coming bye 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 bye, bye, -bye. Do you like Meet Meet Pie? Please follow us on Twitter. Give us comments. We'd love to hear what you think. See, See you, you next week. week.